each of our readings today had an image that I was taken by. The first reading is cistern, second reading running the race, and the gospel fire. So let's start with the first reading, a cistern. We heard of how the prophet Jeremiah is lowered into a cistern that the princes tell the king he's demoralizing the soldiers and the people. We should put him to death. And they settle for having him lowered into the cistern. Well, what, what is a cistern? Well, I've had some personal experience. My grandmother uh, lived on this, this old farmhouse, and she had a cistern there. It's an underwater reservoir, an underground reservoir for water, and she had a windmill, we still had the windmill on the farm, that would pump the water up and then the water would be, go into the cistern, then it could be used. Now by the time I was around, the cistern was no longer being used for falling water, but I, I took a ladder and I went down into it. And it, it's kind of a strange space being underground. I was kind of hoping my brother wouldn't put the lid back on and lock me in. Uh, so I was just trying to use that as an imagination for what it must have been like for Jeremiah to be lowered into the cistern, this, this underground thing. And then it says there was no water in his cistern, only there evidently was a lot of mud. And so he gets lowered into the mud, and then they shut the door, and there he is in the dark, in the mud. What did he do to deserve such a thing? Well, if you look at Jeremiah chapter 20, uh, Jeremiah is a prophet prophet for the Lord. And so he speaks whatever the Lord tells him to speak. And at that time in Israel's history, the Lord had some tough words for Israel. It says in chapter 20, for thus says the Lord, all Judah, I will deliver to the king of Babylon, who shall take them captive to Babylon or slay them with a sword. So the Babylonians, that was the power back then. And they had surrounded Jerusalem and all of Judah, and they were going to take it over. And here Jeremiah, rather than saying, support our troops, rally the men, he was saying that God is saying, you know what? You might as well surrender. It's over. Um, and so that's why they threw him in the cistern. Jeremiah was not making any friends by speaking God's word. And Jeremiah gives voice to his inner struggle. And I have a feeling it's probably going on in the cistern too. The word of the Lord has brought me derision and reproach all the day. I say to myself, I will not mention him. I will speak in his name no more. But then it becomes like fire burning in my heart. And so even though Jeremiah has to deliver this very tough message to the people of Israel, he does so. And as we heard at the end of our reading, he is allowed to escape from, to, to leave the cistern. What do you think he goes right, does he keep his mouth shut? Nope, he goes right back to speaking God's word. Even though it gets him in trouble, it's like fire burning in his heart. Jeremiah embodies the saying that I shared with you a couple different times. God spares us nothing, but sustains us in everything. 
God did not spare Jeremiah going into the cistern, but God sustained him through everything. What about the people of Israel? How did things go for them? Well, guess what? They may have fought against the Babylonians, but the Babylonians conquered them. And they were. They were either slayed by the sword or they were led captive into Babylon. And this was like the worst thing they could imagine, that Jerusalem would be overtaken, uh, that God's temple would be, over, this, would be overtaken. And they just thought, this is the end. It's the worst thing that can happen. But guess what? With time, they came to see that God has not abandoned us. God continues to be with us. The people of Israel learned that God spares us nothing but sustains us in everything. Now to the gospel. Jeremiah, that fire of God's word burning in Jeremiah's heart is at work in Jesus. Jesus says to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire and how I wish it were already blazing. Jesus has come to light a fire. He wants our faith to be alive, for us to live our faith. And when we do that, uh, when we live by the values of Jesus and the gospel, it's going to create opposition. It's going to create division. And Jesus tells us that it'll even create division within families. I was thinking about that and You know, this is summertime, a time where a lot of people go up north for the weekend or for a week. What happens when you're on vacation or a weekend away on Sunday morning? Do you go to Sunday Mass wherever you are? Does it create division within your family? Or in your family, they all said, of course we're going to Mass, right? Okay, good. That fire that Jesus speaks of. Uh, It makes me think of the fire of the Holy Spirit that we hear about in chapter 2 of the Acts of the Apostles. Then there appeared to them tongues as of fire, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. That was our reading on Pentecost a couple months ago. Do you remember we passed out these buttons? And it says, filled with the Holy Spirit. And around that that, uh, passage from Acts, there are flames, uh, tongues as of fire. And at that time, we prayed the prayer to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. The fire of your love, that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. And what are the signs of the Holy Spirit at work within us? St. Paul writes in his letter to the Galatians, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We passed out these buttons back then. I said I'm keeping mine in my car just so that when I'm driving, I can remember those fruits of the Spirit, gentleness, patience, self-control. That's part of living out the fire of God's love, letting that fire that Jesus speak of burn on earth. 
And now the last one is the letter to the Hebrews running the race. Paul uses this imagery of running a race to describe what it is to live out our faith. Now, I don't know about you, but when I start running, lately I've noticed I quit a lot quicker. It's pretty hard for me to persevere in running. But if you're going to run a race, that's what it means, doesn't it? You've got to give it your all mentally and physically and keep on going. And that's what St. Paul says about what it means to live our life as a follower of Jesus. It means to persevere in running the race that lies before us, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, do not grow weary and lose heart. And then Paul gives us a reason for our optimism because we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. If you've ever gone to a 5K or a 10-mile or a marathon, what's cool is certainly the runners, but it's all the people that are lining the streets, and they're there to encourage the runners. Keep on going. You can do it. We believe in you. And that's how it is for us with this great cloud of witnesses, the saints, those who have gone before us, the official saints, and then the unknown, the unofficial saints are maybe family members and friends of ours who have helped us by their faith. They are all encouraging us. They are supporting us for us. They are praying for us, helping us to persevere in this race, this, this race for faith that we make here on earth. And so today, we have examples in our readings. Uh, We may or may not ever be lowered into a cistern, but like Jeremiah, we are called to speak and live God's word to allow it to be that that fire burning within us, uh, that fire of the Holy Spirit. May that spirit be enkindled in us, and may it be expressed by the way, by the fruits of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control.